0: Hi everyone, my name's Steve Tudor and welcome to the Premier League Review Show. It's a show that thinks journalists who don't challenge Jurgen Klopp for his monopoly comments really don't have a clue though. On today's today's pod we're looking back on a testing few days for the Reds as well as a testing few days for the Blues while reluctantly we'll sing the praises of an Arsenal side that continue to impress. We'll also be dipping our toes into the transfer whirlpool that will no doubt dominate conversations this month. To discuss all this and more, I'm joined as always by my top flight cohort, Tom Young. Hi, Tom. You well?
1: Yeah, I'm well. I just want to clarify for anyone listening, I don't see Steve's little script before the, <laughs> before we start recording. So for for me, I'm hearing all these little punchlines first time every time. So it's not it's like it's not me laughing to makes these jokes sound better. Like, if I'm laughing, I, I genuinely find them funny, and I think that's one of the best you've had so far.
0: Thank I look you, forward Steph.
1: to them before every little podcast, so I just throw that in there. That was, that was a good one, that I sometimes going. fear
0: that you are the only one who finds them funny, but I very yeah, we'll never, appreciate we'll never it. We'll never know. I've no. No. had a scary thing when you do the podcast. So... Someone could be like cooking a meal and just get like a little chuckle on it. Or someone could be just like oh, sod off. You just
1: a <laughs> Yeah, this is it. You just never know. Just assume it goes down well. If I'm you I'm the only like the only person you'll ever know if I, if I enjoy it or not, and if I'm laughing, then it's you. Then I don't know if I'm just easily amused, but no, that was a that was a good one. That I enjoyed that one.
0: Then like, it did fall into my lap. To be fair, it's uh, yeah, uh, it's easy when it's monopoly in it. You just think of other board yeah. cool games. Yeah. Before we get to Liverpool and the whole kind of Farrago that's going on at Anfield right now, we must start with City Everton. Now I. Only caught the highlight of this game because it was New Year's Eve and I had a family commitment I couldn't get out of every New Year's Eve. Um, but from the highlights it just looked like a thoroughly frustrating afternoon. And certainly from reading about it afterwards and seeing it on Twitter and following the game as it happened. Did you go to the game? Did you see the game?
1: Yeah, I was. Uh, I was there. I went to the game, and it was exactly as you've described it. From someone who's just seen the highlights, the ninety minutes weren't weren't any different. It was just a a highly, highly frustrating afternoon. Mm. One that's becoming a bit too, yes, a bit too customary at the Etihad at the moment. It's um, we we're, we're struggling at the moment to to really to make the Etihad the fortress that we know it has, it can be and has been over over the past few seasons, and and it is starting to become a little bit of a worry from a from a perspective of a Manchester City fan. We need to be picking up virtually every point available to us at the Etihad, and then going and picking up. As many as possible on the road, and um, a point from the last six available against Everton and Brentford at home is is certainly way below the standard of a team aspiring to uh, to win a Premier League. So, yeah, it was a frustrating, frustrating afternoon for sure.
0: Well, I mean, they played relatively well against Fulham, but still, that was also a frustrating afternoon as well. So, if you factor that one in too, that goes it goes back a bit now, doesn't it? That City are kind of struggling at home. Um, which is obviously very unlike them. What could it be attributed to? Is there is there anything that it could be attributed to?
1: I don't. I think for me the main the main takeaway that I had coming out of the game at the weekend, which is something I've seen referred to by by many Manchester City fans and non Manchester City fans who are talking about our, our struggles at the moment, and that is the lack of a direct, pacey winger like Raheem Sterling. Yeah. And and I. I really think that that is where we're being held back at the moment. I think Riyad Mahrez isn't the player that he was. Now I'm not gonna, I don't want to sit here and, and slag off players, but in terms of the, the conversation about wingers, I think Mahrez isn't isn't the player he was. He's he's ne- he was never blessed with pace anyway, but he's lost an extra yard of pace on top of the, uh, sorry, an area where he wasn't particularly yeah. he didn't particularly excel. Um, I think the Jack Grealish saga continues, he offers things in some areas, he doesn't in other areas. The fact that we've not got a Raheem Sterling chipping in with 20 goals alongside our striker means that the fact that Grealish isn't scoring goals is hyperinflated and, and is more of an issue than maybe it would be if we still had a Sterling in the side or we still had a Jesus playing down the wing who would chip in with 10-15 with goals. So, I've heard a lot of people talking about is it is Haaland a city worse with Haaland or, or this and that. I don't think I don't think there's there's much substance to that in terms of I don't think Haaland is making City worse, but more I think there's so much focus on Haaland now that we didn't foresee the issue of that that losing Sterling and Jesus. We knew that Haaland would be able to replace those goals and he has done, but we do still lack that. That ball over the top and that running behind, Marit and Grealish just didn't do that on Saturday, haven't been doing that um as as good as they are dropping in a little bit deeper and collecting the ball and linking up the play these times in the game where you need that direct running behind and we just don't have we don't have the men to do that at the moment and it's limiting the way in which we can create chances. And Erland Haaland can only score so many. You need to have that versatility, which has been the bread and butter of City over recent years, is the unpredictability and not knowing anyone can chip in with goals from anywhere. And whilst Haaland's scoring a lot, there's no one else really chipping in with with uh, any substantial numbers at the moment, and that is becoming a bit of an issue.
0: Yeah, and there's no fullbacks underlapping or overlapping, or certainly not to the extent that they used to. And so, yeah, you do miss Raheem Sterling because he was a chaos maker, wasn't he? You know, kind of yeah. in, in a set formulaic game of you know, kind of defence for attack. He was someone who basically, and he might even do something quite poorly. But by simply getting his head down and running into a blind alley, the ball would kind of you know go free to Kyle Walker or something. Something would yep. usually happen when Raheem Sterling played. Um, we are missing that dreadfully. How, however, I mean, he's not a, a pacey winger, but Phil Foden, since returning to yeah. the World Cup, he's been given 17 minutes against Liverpool, 17 against Leeds, 3 minutes against Everton. What's going on there? Why, why is Phil Foden getting so little game time?
1: It's it's a really strange one, isn't it? And I see on the, obviously the notes you've sent over for the pod, which we'll talk about in a little while, is about Pep's comments about mm. um, the body language and selecting players based on... And I can only assume that the reason Foden isn't starting games at the moment is because of whatever this issue is with the attitude of players in training, the body language of players in training, because he was on the pitch, I think, maybe 13 minutes, including the added time on on, um, on Saturday... And it was just incredible how if effective he was yeah. and how much of a threat he looked in such a small period of time. And you're looking at that and you're thinking, he's done more here in 13 minutes than any other player on the pitch has done in, in 85, 86. We know how talented Phil Foden is. Why is he not starting games of football and unless it's for the reason that his attitude's not been great or, or, or whatever these sort of kind of ambiguous comments Pep has made are referring to, then I, can't, I just can't understand it. Phil Foden, I've said it a million times, and I think anyone who follows me on Twitter will probably think I've got some sort of unwavering, sort of passionate love for Phil Foden, the amount I go on about him, but I genuinely believe that he is... The player that should be st- uh, City's team should be built around Phil Foden. England's team should be built around Phil mm. Foden. Whenever he plays, he's got that that magic in him to, to change a game. And we and we lack that on Saturday. Everton, I don't like to be be horrible about teams, but Everton were, were a really really horrible team on Saturday. They were from minute one. I think Godfrey came and crunched Haaland and left him on the floor in a heap for a couple of minutes. And it was very obvious from the first minute what their game plan was and that was to to ruffle a few feathers to to kind of wind us up a little bit and to to take the chances that fell to him and they did exactly that but with a with a forwarding on the pitch he's a player like you say maybe not the pace of Sterling but he's a player who can unlock a defence in an instant he's a player who can just in a moment especially when like on Saturday De Bruyne wasn't great Rodri wasn't great we didn't have a good a particularly good performance but with Phil Ford on the pitch I think we'd have won that game if if he'd have started the match sorry
0: Mm, um, I agree. and
1: yeah it, it just it just doesn't make sense to me at the moment as to why why he's not playing games of football or not starting games of football I should say.
0: So what did you make of Pep's comments then because he, he essentially said as he's getting older he started to put place more value on body language and he's studying body language and even basing his team selection on body language and the key thing for me is it was unprompted his comments he doesn't yes. say anything by accident Pep Guardiola so he's chosen to get that out there um, was it a dig at a couple of players or, I mean, what's behind it, do you think?
1: Maybe a sort of, maybe not a dig, but kind of like, I'm being serious when I'm saying you're not playing unless you put your ideas up. I think mm. maybe there's this, you think that the, the three players, allegedly it refers to are Phil and Kyle Walker and Joe Concello, based on the players that haven't been selected, who you would expect to be selected. And you think that maybe them three players are thinking, well, he's not played us this week, but we're too good. We know we'll get back in the team. Maybe this is Pep's way of saying, Look, lads, I'm not I'm not messing about here. If you don't put your ideas up, I will stick to my wits and I will play players who, who are showing they want to they want to be here, they want to play football. And that's the Phil Foden one's the one that particularly surprised me in that he's a boyhood blue. He's he's living yeah. the dream yeah. of a Manchester City fan. He's playing week in, week out for the team he supports, who are competing on all fronts, how on earth can your attitude be bad? What have you got to be upset about? So this, th- this is what—that's what surprised me a little bit—is that Phil Foden would have a bad attitude in training because he's got nothing to be upset about when he's—he's he's been selected enough this season. Maybe there's been a couple of games where you thought, "Why is he not playing here? Why is he not playing there?" But yeah he's been on a bit of a ruthless street pet the last couple of weeks he had the comments he made about uh about calvin phillips saying he was overweight which again could have been kept behind closed doors he could have said Mm. it was a fitness issue or it was a he's he's not he's not fit to be selected but he came out and he publicly stated calvin phillips is overweight and he won't be selected until he's back in the bracket he needs to be and then a week later he comes out and says look the the player there's players who aren't showing the attitude i want to see from them in training and they won't be selected until they do so I don't know what, what it is that's that sparked this this ruthless streak in him, but we're seeing a side of Pep that we that we seldom see at City and uh and yeah, hopefully it's it's enough. That the warning as it is at the moment is enough to, to get these players to, to kick their asses into gear because we need every every help we can get at the minute with the way that Arsenal are playing
0: yeah well that kind of leads this neatly onto Arsenal I should just add as well though that I just can't believe for one second that Phil Foden and Cancelo as well aren't really good trainers you can yeah. imagine them putting the effort in each, each session um. so that does surprise me if it refers to them I've to no reflection on Kyle Walker it's just that I, I don't know where I stand with Kyle Walker I don't know what he's like on a training pitch but certainly Cancelo and certainly Foden you expect them to be really up for it in training so maybe they're not I don't know um Yeah, so that kind of leads us neatly onto Arsenal. Let's get this out the way nice and quick. Because, yeah, you you find yourself kind of getting caught up in it with Arsenal and distancing yourself from City Allegiance and kind of admiring them. Uh, Certainly that's the case with me. I find find I'm involuntarily admiring them. And then I remember there are title challenges and I want them to lose. Yeah. It's 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 really impressive what they've done, what they're doing. I have to say, um, seven points clear at the top. Is it time to worry now as a blue?
1: Yeah, it, it certainly is. And I said on Twitter at the, uh, the weekend, uh, just as the game finished, for the first time this season, I genuinely now believe that Arsenal are favourites to win the title. And right. I, I don't know if that's now because it's now out of our hands. Because even if we beat Arsenal home and away it wouldn't matter i do think if we beat arsenal home and away we win the title cuz i don't think arsenal win every other game and i do think we win more than arsenal in that period if you don't include the two games we play against each other but but then i looked at it as well and i thought if we we're 7 points behind in in sort of late november which for all um, for, our, for, for what it's worth, is essentially where we are, given the fact we've yeah. had a six-week World Cup break in the middle of this season. I wouldn't be remotely concerned, but I'm thinking we're going into the start of the year with seven points behind. But then I think we're not going into the start of the year as far as the season's concerned, because we're not even halfway through the season yet. So, is it time to be concerned about Arsenal? A hundred percent. Arsenal are legitimate title contenders this season, and I don't think there's anybody in the world from this point who would now be surprised if Arsenal went on to win the title. But do I think they're they're, they're this unbeatable force that will cruise the league? Not a chance. I think we're we're still right in it and I still think we've... I think the title is in our own hands without it literally being in our own hands. I think if we go on a run that we're capable of, if we can sort of pick up X amount of points from the remaining games, I I think Arsenal will drop points between now and the end of the season and I think we'll have opportunities to, to get back into sort of the position we want to be in. Um, mm. But no, Arsenal are certainly capable of winning the title from the position we're currently sitting now.
0: I have to say, I've been caught up in this myself, and I'm sure every City fan has been caught up in this, where you do find yourself thinking, we've still got to play them twice. Now, yeah. that could also mean that we go a, a further six points behind. you know what I mean? Yeah. We, we kind yeah. of are a kind of inbuilt optimism based around this extraordinary Magic City side, and, and in Pep Guardiola means that whenever you look at these kind of theoretical situations, you see wins. But yeah. you know, there's yeah. every chance that we could lose, and then you know we'll
1: yeah, no catch them then. This is it. I mean, if if we lose twice to Arsenal, I think that, that we can't we can't lose twice to Arsenal. But I do. I, we, we have this in optimism because we've been we've we've got every reason to know it can happen because we've seen it time yeah, and time again be before, that when our backs against yeah. the wall, when we're the chasing party, we, we are capable of just going on these runs where we win games and. We 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 not even we just we we don't lose we don't lose we don't draw we win every single game that we play and we are more than capable of doing that. Um, I do does that mean it's going to happen? Of course not, but I do think from what we've seen with City and the way in which we we we've got players in the squad who know how to get this title won. Arsenal have two players in the squad, both from mm-hmm. Manchester City. Who know how to get this done and i do think in these sorts of scenarios experience usually does prevail and at the end of the day i do still think as well as arsenal have been playing we are still in my opinion the, the better of the two sides and we do still in my opinion have the better squad the better manager and the only thing we're currently trailing is in my, is 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 the league table but that is that's a key area that we've got to be ahead in so yeah, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be tight, but I, I do think that we've got every reason to be, to be optimistic and believe that, that we'll be able to, to get the job done and, and win the Premier League yet again.
0: Thanks for listening to the first 15 minutes of the show. To listen to the full podcast and all our contents, including reviews, previews, analysis, quizzes and much more, go to 9320.com to sign up now or simply click the link in the description.